Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from downtown Boise, Idaho. Um, starting to warm up in Boise. I was talking to Sam uh, before the show, and it's a little bit warmer in Boise than it is in, in Montana, but not much. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to spring and summer. So um, speaking of Sam, we have Sam Ash. Uh, he's a pharmacist. On our podcast today and uh, we came in contact through a mutual friend um, it's an interesting story we'll discuss that on the show too how small a world it is um, <laughs> but sam opened a pharmacy a cash only pharmacy doesn't bill any insurance a few months ago six months ago or so sam's correct november 15th so november, little, five four, months ago. Yeah, four months yeah yeah um and you know we've been we if you know if you follow us in the podcast and you follow our moses lake professional pharmacy um you know that we haven't built insurance for over 20 years and and um because we know that it's um kind of a ripoff we've talked about it in this podcast before and it makes prices go up service go down quality go down so we're going to definitely get into that today and without further ado sam go ahead and introduce yourself and welcome to our podcast Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Sam Ash and uh, graduated from the University of Montana um, in Missoula in the year 2000 and came back to the Flathead Valley and uh, trying to, you know, when you first get out of pharmacy school, you're like, where am I going to go? Am I going to go to Coeur d'Alene? Am I going to go back to California where I grew up? So there was this, some decisions we had to make and we had a little our little boy at the time was, you know, just a little toddler. And then uh, we're trying to decide, okay, we need to raise our kids in a, in a spot that, you know, would be good for them growing up. So we decided to stay right here in the flathead and there wasn't very many positions available at the time. So kind of bounced around and then landed at a Smith pharmacy up in Columbia Falls, Montana in May of 2000 and have been there ever since until last July. Um, decided to step down and uh, start a new adventure and open a cost plus pharmacy in Columbia Falls. Um, came across your podcast, my wife did, as we were kind of perusing ideas over the last year or two to figure out how we can be a little cog in the wheel that's trying to fix yeah. the healthcare model that we're in right now and seeing if we could come up with a solution. And we came across your podcast. And they came across some other pharmacies that are already in the process of doing this, just startups, and then also ones that have been doing it as long as you have. So we said, hey, if these guys are doing it, let's jump in and go for it and see if we can help our community. You know, because being a community pharmacist for 20 years in the same store in the same town, it's a little town of, you know, maybe six, 7,000 people in the town and, you know, the surrounding areas were you know, with the Flathead Valley, we could be up to, you know, maybe 75,000 now with, you know, with the, with the valley. So population's expanded. So, you know, it was just, we need to figure out how to help these people save money because I saw 20 years of them just overspend, 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 especially when I knew the cost of the medication. So we just set out on the new adventure and we're excited to offer it, not only just to Columbia Falls, but to the valley. And then hopefully statewide with uh, options to mail. So we're excited. Awesome! I'm happy for you, and I'm <laughs> so excited for the direction that free market healthcare is moving in. Um, yeah. 
because I, I think it's a it's a big need, I think. And until people have know that there's options out there, they're going to be stuck in the insurance model. And yeah. the insurance model, as you, as we've discussed before, is is very expensive and doesn't give the best service. So tell us about a cost plus pharmacy. What, what does that exactly mean? So cost plus pharmacy, we're doing the true cost plus. So there's no membership. There's no discount cards. There's no, you know, special club. All we do is we just acquire the medication from wholesalers and then we charge the cost of the medication plus the vial label lid, you know, e-script, um, all the, the fees, the small amount that they are. Thankfully, we have no insurance, so we don't have any right. switch fees or anything like right. that. <laughs> right. So it's, it's just the true cost and then added is a pharmacy services fee to the prescription and then that's what the patient pays. So in our pharmacy management fees, differ depending on if it's a 30-day supply, 60-day supply, 90-day supply, just depending on what that is. We have set fees to, to cover the cost to run the business. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. it. Very simple. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. And as you know, with, with insurance model, it's not simple at all. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell us, there, there's usually in, in a story when you know, whether it be a doctor, whether it be a pharmacist that finally gets out of the insurance model. Um, and I don't think I've met anybody in healthcare that likes the insurance model. It's just constantly something that people complain about. Yeah. Um, so there's usually always a final straw, Sam, that was like, okay, that's it. We're done with this. We're going to do something different. Can you tell me what that is? There, there were several little straws, but the big straw was uh, a patient who was getting two eye drops for their cataract surgery coming up, was a Medicare D patient. And I was ringing them up at the till. And I just happened to be the one ringing them up at the time. They were paying 140, like right at 130, $140 for those two eye drops. One was the prednisolone, the other one was the infloxacin. Medicare D was $140. And I knew the cost of those. And the patient was there in tears because they were going to have to decide is it important to get my medication for my cataract surgery or my limited budget i'm going to have to sacrifice something for the month be it food be it whatever they had to sacrifice for those two meds and i knew if i had my own pharmacy i could probably get them out the door in the neighborhood of 40 to 45 dollars a third of the cost and to see someone that i had served in my community for 20 years to have to decide if they were going to have, you know, food or if they were going to have eye drops or cataract surgery, I just thought I, I can't do this anymore. And that was just the final straw. There were several straws before that. And being in a small community, everywhere I go, be it, you know, soccer games, softball games, you know, rotary club, wherever I go, people knew who I was because I was the only pharmacist that has been in Columbia Falls for 20 years. The rest of them have all come and gone. So everyone knew who Sam was. And so you have this reputation in town and they're all coming to me going, why is the pharmacy so busy, so backed up? Why are my medications so expensive? And so it just, it only took uh, just a few patients to get me to the edge to where like, there's got to be a better way. And that I came home and told my wife that's it no more we're not we're not doing this anymore you better get ready because yeah, <laughs> this comfortable right? life of showing up getting a paycheck and and having you know 
quote unquote insurance and a 401k is out the window. We're, we're going on our own. We're going to do a small business, whatever that entails. We're going for it. So, well, I'm glad you did. And I'm sure your patients are glad you did. And the, the, the future is bright for free market medicine because just yeah. like you were talking about, I mean, one third the price and mm -hmm. just, just help our viewers and listeners when they charge that insurance, when you had to charge that insurance price, that $140 or whatever that price was for those eye drops, even though you knew what the cost was, there's nothing, your hands were tied as far as, well, sorry, I'm just going to give you a discount anyway. You can't do that, correct? Can you can you explain that? Exactly, yeah. You you can't change it because obviously we work for a corporation. So as soon as we bill that off to the insurance, Medicare D, they dictate the price that the patient pays. So there's no way I can adjust that unless the patient says, hey, can I use a discount card? And then you go, oh, OK, let's try to run it through a discount card. You have one and the corporation, certain corporations don't let you say, hey, I will find a card for you. It's up to the patient's responsibility to find a card. So you kind of, you kind of had to walk certain patients through and say, hey, ask me if we can use a discount card and then we can get into the whole issue of the discount cards and how they're bad for the pharmacy, but yet, right, right. But yet they're good for the patient because it actually has shown what the actual cost of the me medication is. So, but you know, working for a corporation, your hands are tied. You can't just go in and change the price because you feel bad, you know, yeah. that this is the cost. And, you know, over the years with the pharmacy software and the big corporations, they've taken the, the actual cost of the medication and hidden it in the program to where you can't see it unless you go in and look specifically in a transaction profile and you go in and look and see what the actual cost was and what the actual reimbursement was and even then you don't know what the dir fee is six months down the road so it's such an opaque system that you don't know actually what you're getting paid what the actual cost was so there is the system is just very very opaque and it's very hard to see through it's just it's like going through a maze in the dark you, you have no idea what you, what you're doing you're running into walls it's just it's a messy system <laughs> it is and you know basically what you're saying is you got out of that system and yeah. instead of having to bill insurance find out it's expensive maybe find them a discount card maybe not um now you just deal directly with the consumer and you charge a fair price already. You have a little markup on the, on the medication and it's a done deal. It's, it's that done. simple, right? It's, I have not called an insurance company for four months. It is the most beautiful thing. I, I would, I would guess we spend half of our day, 50% of our day in a typical pharmacy on the phone or adjudicating or fixing the adjudication problems with the insurance. I, I would bet half the labor in a pharmacy is spent on an insurance that reimburses you 60 cents or a dollar 20 or or a negative i mean you could you could lose money on reimbursement six months down the line with the dir fee so it's it's just an ugly system that has no benefit for the pharmacy and no benefit for the patient no absolutely not <laughs> no i mean i i i often say it's you know it's drug companies in collusion with insurance companies to create a cartel to just take advantage of of the system and that's really what it's what it's done and just made things really expensive yes i, I have a couple of physician friends and pharmacist friends that call them the mafia because it's basically basically what's going on yeah it's embarrassing that we have allowed this to happen to the pharmacy profession you it know, is I'm, I'm with you sam and you know what yeah. i mean i i 
you, you might not be there yet. And I don't want to put a future, a future thoughts into your mind, but um, one of the reasons my wife and I, we, we don't, we kind of quit going to a lot of traditional pharmacy educational stuff and networking with other pharmacists because all they could complain about was insurance, insurance, this insurance, that insurance, this we got tired of hearing about it. And we just told them, it's like, look, you have a choice. Yeah. You don't have to put up with this. Oh, you have to take insurance. No, you don't. And you're a perfect example of why you don't. We have a choice to stay in that environment or not as pharmacists. And if you don't like yeah. that environment and, and most pharmacists don't, then do something different. That's exactly. the only thing that's going to change it. I don't feel sorry for pharmacists that stay in those environments. In some ways, Sam, you know, and I'm going to use you as an example because you got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you, might, you might feel a little bit convicted. You might have been a little bit convicted when you, that patient, when you had to charge that patient three times. Absolutely. It could have been. And you yeah. know what? Essentially, Sam, when you were doing that, you were an accessory to the crime. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And pharmacists or doctors that are in those that are in the system and stay in the system that keep perpetuating it and keep doing it. They're an accessory to the crime. And I felt like I just couldn't do that anymore. And that's one of the reasons yeah. I got out because it's like, you know, I'm just making this thing worse by keeping exactly. it, you know, supporting it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Over the years, you know, I got to be manager for a period of time and I saw where we had given a certain amount of labor and I saw that labor shrinking over time because reimbursements were down and yet our workload was doubling and we just allowed them to keep stepping on us and stepping on us. And the, I just saw the patients overspending and then the labor getting shrunk. And then all of a sudden you're looking at the PBMs and they're in, you know, all of a sudden you got three PBMs running 80 to 90% of the pharmacy transactions, but yet they're in the top 20 fortune 500 companies in the U S they're making billions of dollars, but, you can't give me an extra staff person. I got to cut another staff person and another staff person. I mean, at one point I was down to two full-time pharmacists and uh, we were, they were shrunk. I would say they shrunk our technicians down to maybe four full-timers and we were filling over 400, 500 prescriptions a day, plus giving 1500 shots a year, plus doing COVID antibody testing. And it was just, it was absolutely insane to where they brought us. And I was like, this is, I'm not going to allow this to happen anymore. We have to step out and change something or it's just going to continually get worse and worse and worse. And yeah. yes, accessory to the crime, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And that's why I had to change. This is, this is, this is not good for the community or for pharmacy as a profession. I, I agree. Yeah. Or, and healthcare in general, because yes. um, it, it's just perpetuating the situation. Yeah. So um, how, how's your pharmacy doing? Do you like what you're doing now? Absolutely. I would yeah. never, ever, ever, ever turn around and go back into a traditional pharmacy that builds insurance. It's the uh, most freedom I have ever had in pharmacy. I, when you come into my pharmacy, if you're a patient, I have set my model up to where it's pharmacist heavy. So when you walk in the door and you're looking for an OTC med, you get a pharmacist. You get one-on-one -on -one with a pharmacist. Every person that walks in the door gets a pharmacist. So we're loaded heavy on the front we just started so it's just me i do everything so yep. my goal is to obviously fill enough prescriptions to create an you know another position for technician and then also we're expanding the front end to be a, a wellness you know health and wellness center with all the supplements like orthomolecular thorn yep. you know claire pure all those and move 
move from the traditional medicine into a functional medicine and work from that direction. So, but it's, it's the most freeing thing we've ever done in the practice of pharmacy. And it's absolutely beautiful. I would never change it. <laughs> I love it. And, and one of the unfortunate parts, Sam, is that what, what, as you know, there's a lot, what some pharm- pharmacists do is instead of doing something innovative, like you've done, mm-hmm. um, they, they just get out of the profession completely. Yeah. And the sad part about that is, is then it's the same thing with doctors. I have doctor friends that just say, I'm, I'm out, I'm done with medicine and they're good doctors, you mm-hmm. know, so, it's good that you didn't get out of pharmacy because patients need people like you. And, you know, if you just got fed up and says, Oh, I'm done and don't want to, you know, don't want to open a different, an alternative type pharmacy, then, Mm -hmm. you know, patients wouldn't get the benefit from your knowledge and your services. And that's why we have to do innovative things in the marketplace. So patients can get taken care of in a different way without the insurance model. So they know a different way. Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest hurdle that I've seen so far is getting the patients to understand that this way that existed before insurance came along, you know, and now we're trying to get them back to get them out from being brainwashed that insurance is the way to go. It's the, it's the biggest hurdle for them to understand that insurance is not the best option when it comes to generic medications. You know, 90% of what we do in a pharmacy is generic medications, right? And the average price of a medication costs maybe the bottle the price of a bottle of tylenol you know most of what we get is inexpensive because the generic marketplace in america is there's there's so much competition that it just drives the prices down and there's no floor i mean you can you you, you know you know how much amlodipine costs it's pennies i mean it's absolute right. pennies but yet when you bill usual and customary through insurance it's an enormous amount it's, it's just amazing all the hurdles I have to jump, but we're slowly, slowly but surely getting our patients trained and educated that insurance is not the best option. Yeah. Um, can you can you give an example? Um, I've been out of that that realm so so long, but can you give an example of like amlodipine that costs pennies? Um, isn't I mean I I've heard some patients call um, and just say that yeah I went. I went to Rite Aid and they billed my insurance and it was going to be 50 bucks for 30 M Lodipine when, yeah. you know, in reality, we don't do a lot of regular medication. Uh, mm-hmm. We do mostly compounding and of hormones, but you yeah. know, when in reality I could charge them like 20 bucks for a hundred day supply for M Lodipine. Yeah. Can you give an example of that since you'd be um, um, closer to that than I would? Sure. I, you know, one of my very first patients is a um, rheumatoid arthritis patient on 10 meds and one of the meds they're on is leflunamide. So um, that medication for a 90-day supply through their insurance um, was several hundred dollars for a 90-day supply. I can get all 10 meds for my patient for $150 as a 90-day supply for 10 meds. So that is the cost of the drug plus my services fee for 90 days. Now, built into my plan is I have a catastrophic plan built in. So after five meds, I don't charge a pharmacy services fee, because I've already DUR your profile at that time. If I'm filling all 10 meds right then, I've already DUR. By the time I get to the fifth med, I've DUR your profile. Right. I know exactly what you're taking. So it doesn't take that much extra time to do a, the other five meds. So I just do a pharmacy services fee for five. And then after that, I just charge the cost of the drug by a label it. So built into that plan. So this patient's walking out the door with 90 days of meds for 150 bucks. And they they go away 
for a couple months in the winter. So I we filled an extra 90 days so they could take that with them. So they didn't have to worry. So that was their biggest concern. Oh no, I'm going to be gone. Can you fill that early? Because my insurance doesn't let me fill it early. So, so they walked away with six months of meds for basically under the cost of one of their meds, the loflunamide through their insurance. And they're paying a monthly, you know, and they still have their insurance. So they're still paying their monthly premium. Right. Thinking that their insurance is going to give them the better deal. So trying to educate our patients of, you know, 20 to 30% of their insurance premium goes to drug costs. So say, say you have a, you know, let's say a $500 insurance premium per month, 30% of that goes to having a drug plan, which would be 150 bucks. So 150 bucks a month just to have prescription insurance, but yet you can, you can walk out the door for 90 days of meds for 150 bucks. Why even have prescription insurance if you're on generic medications and they're affordable? All it does is just make the PBMs or the insurance companies rich. And that's why the top three are in the, the top 20, 25, Fortune 500 companies. They're making billions. And, sure. and we know the names. I mean, it's three letter, you know, it's Optum, it's United Healthcare, you know, it's yep. they're making billions off of, off of the system. And obviously, you know, independent pharmacies aren't because they're closing down. I mean, the last independent pharmacy here in Kalispell had to sell out because they weren't going to make it with the current system. They were losing too much in DIR fees. So it's, it's just once I found out how inexpensive these medications are and how we can get them in the hands of the patient, it's, I mean, our, our first patient, he was super excited for 150 bucks, 90 days. It's, it's just a beautiful system. When you remove yeah. that middle, it's ruined it. <laughs> That's unreal. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's a, a ton of examples like that. And right. I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I have for years said this, that, you know, prescription insurance, medic, you know, insurance for prescriptions is a ripoff. It's yeah. a complete ripoff. Because like you say, most drugs are generic. They're yeah. super super cheap. Yeah. So I, 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 I've challenged somebody over the years and I still, I still will take this challenge. There is no disease state that you can't treat besides maybe cancer, HIV, some of those like that mm -hmm. for less than a hundred dollars a month on prescriptions, pretty much yeah. really easily, even diabetes. Now we yep. can go into Absolutely. diabetes. Yeah. Now diabetes, type two diabetes, some of their medications are more expensive and stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, Let's face it. We've talked about it on this podcast many times before. Um, if you change your lifestyle, you probably don't need type two diabetes medication. So that's the main thing. And as a pharmacist, now that you have time and you're going more into functional medicine, you can educate patients on Absolutely. diet, nutrition, exercise, and why they don't need certain meds. Right? Absolutely. You know, people think that as a pharmacist, I want you to take more meds, and that's not necessarily true. I would rather have you eat properly exercise and then maybe have to take a little metformin which is pennies yep yep and that, in the long run that's probably going to be more beneficial than taking a 400 dollars bottle of jardines and then just eating what you want yeah yeah and then having to get up all night and go pee because jardines is just it it I'm, rests your blood <laughs> i'm sorry sam I, I when that drug first came out my wife and i were like wait a minute you're just going to yeah. pee out the extra sugar that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, and then you got all the complications with that and it just, yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've said many times in the podcast before, but um, I don't believe in most in general in type two diabetes medications to treat patients long-term. I think it's a lifestyle issue, a diet issue, and they can get off those drugs. Yeah. So speaking of diabetes and expensive medications or inexpensive medications, you tell me, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, we talk about insulin, how expensive insulin is. So do you sell insulin at your pharmacy for cash? I have not yet. I've had several patients call and ask. I did, it's funny because I did contact Novo Nordisk and I said, hey, I'm in rural America and you allow Walmart to sell your Novelin N and Novelin R for 25 bucks. Yep, yep. Will you supply it? Can I have a direct contract with you? Purchase it straight from you? Because if I purchase it from my wholesalers, it's over over $150 a bottle. But yet I can drive, you know, 20 miles to Walmart and buy it for 25 bucks. So I have sent several patients to Walmart and said, yeah. Novelin in, Novelin R, 25 bucks. But Novo Nordisk just put me in a circular loop with emails and said, call the help desk. And so I, that would be one of my milestones to reach is if I could contract right with Novo Nordisk and sell N and R for 25 bucks. And then as you know, generic Novolog, Humalog, generic Lancet have all come out. And I believe Walmart came out with a generic either Humalog and maybe maybe a generic Lancet that they're selling for the $75 range. So they you know there is movement on that front as well with some of the newer insulin. So but my one of my milestones would be able to contract for and offer that to the same the same price as Walmart does. Why should only Walmart be allowed to offer life-saving insulin for 25 bucks when every other pharmacy has to pay 150? Well, and especially when you know that Walmart's not paying 150 bucks for the vial or 100 or whatever, you know, they're not losing 100 bucks on it or, you know, so, um, you know, they're probably not. Walmart was my first job out of pharmacy school. Uh And um, I remember we were selling insulin for like 15 bucks, human in, human R for like 15 bucks a vial. And it was cost us right at 15 bucks a vial back then. So, um, you know, we weren't. We, we didn't make a lot of money on it. I doubt Walmart's making a lot of money on the Novlin for 25 bucks, but mm-hmm. uh, they're not losing a ton of money either. And yeah, I mean, the, the drug company should just extend that to, to, to every, you know, the, that wholesale price to everybody. So all patients can benefit at all yeah. pharmacies. Well, and if, if manufacturers are offering you to be able to get Lantus or to get Humalog for a $35 copay, you know, somewhere along the line, that that's got to be the cost somewhere around that yeah. point. So, <laughs> yeah, so right. why, why are patients paying five hundred dollars for a box of you know five Lancet pins? You know that. So there's definitely needs to be some some light shed on that. Definitely as as we go forward. I yeah, agree. It, and price of insulin has been a hot topic, and and I do one of the things is, and I'm glad that you brought it up, is that. Um, at least we do have options like Walmart, $25 yeah. a vial for Novelin. And I'm glad for that. And I've, our, our <laughs> first, our number one, our first podcast, episode number one, my brother, uh, my yeah. nephew's a type one diabetic. And um, he, you know, we, I kind of worked with, with my brother to, to switch him over. They had him on insulin pumps and all this fancy designer insulin. And it's not mm-hmm. really necessary. 
I mean, if you watch your diet and you control your what you eat, new Nolan, you know, human in human R works just fine. Yep. Um, and I don't necessarily think the pumps or, or the longer acting designer insulins or faster acting insulins are are any better, honestly. Um, now that they're generic, you know, if they can if they can come down in price, I might start recommending mm-hmm. them somewhat. Yeah. But um, you know, diabetes does not have to be expensive to treat. Um, it can be you know, when you get a, a vial insulin for 25 bucks. So that's yeah. one of the things I want to, you know, I, I love you getting that message out and not being afraid to pe- send people to Walmart. Walmart might not be my favorite place and it might, it might be competitors to you and I as pharmacists, but mm-hmm. I'm all for helping the patient say, Hey, no, 25 bucks a vial for Novlin. And they're like happy. Yeah. I mean, they're like, this is exactly. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? all it, I, I'm into reducing my number one priority is my patient's healthcare outcomes. So if I can get them to stay, you know, if they can get five times the amount at Walmart and take better control because they have more money in their pocketbook, that's great. You know, that's in the position I'm in now. It's beautiful because I can say anything I want about any right. pharmacy, any. I, I mean, I have nobody with their thumb on top of me anymore. I don't have a PBM that can come after me. Yep. I don't have another pharmacy that can come after me or a district manager that can come after me. I'm just my own little self in my own little town with my own, you know, my own model. It's beautiful. The freedom is just undescribable. It's liberating. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it is absolutely. Yeah. I will yeah. tell you, I I've said this before and the number keeps getting higher. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned that you'll never ever go back to tra- tra- traditional pharmacy. I, I couldn't do it for a day, Sam. And I've told, oh. I've told people you could not pay me enough money mm-hmm. to go back. I wouldn't nope. do it for $10 million a year. I'm serious. Nope. I like my sanity too much. I love my life. I've got a comfortable life. I am not going to ever go back to that environment. That's how bad it is. Yep. It, you know? It's bad. When I was manager, I had several technicians that had, you know, the, the, the watches that showed their heart rate. And I had several, I mean, I can count on my hand, on my fingers, how many I sent to the ER or sent to the doctor because their heart rate was out of control. They're having panic attacks, having heart trouble. And these are these are young kids in their 20s, 30s. And it's the environment that the staff is put in is unethical and unprofessional. And I, I would never recommend ever going back to that environment. Never. That that is just <laughs> yeah. It, that I don't think people realize how bad it is. Um it, you know, and until you've worked in that environment, it's, it, it's, yeah. And I, yeah. I haven't been in, in that environment in 20 years. So, and it's got to be worse now, I'm sure. Yeah. I think if the public knew um, the danger that their health is at by using those pharmacies, they would not go back. If, if they understood the stress that the staff was under and the amount of workload that is on top of them, and all it takes is one little mistake, one little mistake, and you could accidentally, you know, hurt an individual, God forbid, put somebody in their grave. And that, that is just a horrible position for a pharmacist or a pharmacy technician to be put under. And there's no way I would ever go. I mean, it is, it is the worst place to be as a pharmacist. You, you're not helping the patient and you're not helping yourself. And you might think you have it under control and you're awesome because you can fill 400 scripts a day. But until you remove yourself from the situation and you step back and you go, I, I feel like a hundred pounds has been taking off my back since I've stepped out and you, and you can see it and you're just like, wow, I can't believe I let myself get under that much stress and that much pressure just to perform. It, it's, it's pretty amazing to get out and 
and to see it from the other side. Because when you're in it, you don't realize how bad it is until you're right. removed from it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you, you're doing something different. And you, then you realize like, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wind this podcast up, Sam, tell me what you have a passion for. My my passion is to, number one, healthcare outcomes for my patients. And I know um, they have been jaded and been kind of brainwashed with the, the healthcare system, um, with the insurance. And what I would like to do is just expose and put light on to drug pricing and how affordable medications are. My, my future, I would hope that we could take all the money that we put towards insurance and in our premiums, if we could just focus all of that and move it on to maybe the more expensive or specialty drugs that where that money could be focused and then allow all the generic medications to be just in a competitive open marketplace. And that would just drive prices down because if, as soon as we remove the insurance from the generic marketplace, it is just drops the floor even more because now you're going to have competition. And unfortunately, we have, unfortunately, too many people racing to the bottom. And it's, it's not a race to the bottom for me because I offer a service and my service as a professional is worth something. And I'm afraid if we all run to charging a $3 service fee, like say Mark Cuban is for his cost plus pharmacy, we're taking the pharmacist knowledge and the pharmacist service that we offer to our customers and we're just bottoming it out. And I, I think that's not good for pharmacy in the long run. So we need to make sure we put value into it because there's many studies that show pharmacists reduce health, reduce healthcare spending for our patients overall on a year to year basis and we have value. So we can't race to the bottom, but yet drugs are almost already Medications are almost already bottomed out. I mean, how much lower can you go for something that's a nickel or a dime a pill? I mean, we're going to go down to a penny next. Right, you know, there's right. there's not much more floor to drop out. So the competition is going to be a service competition. And so if you go into the current pharmacy model right now, you go into Walgreens and you stand, you know, six six cars deep in a drive-through or ten people back in the pharmacy line. You come into my pharmacy, you get a pharmacist right away. So the competition is going to be a service-based, you know, health, health outcome-based. Yeah. And so my my goal is to shed light for the public to see that if we can we can help you reduce your healthcare overall healthcare outcome spending, less hospital trips, less ER trips by working through from a functional medicine side, starting with diet, exercise, and nutrition. And then maybe some medications to supplement you and, you know, cause there's always going to be disease states. We can't get away from that. We can yeah. just manage them in a better way, but the, the current pharmacy model will not survive. It's it, 10 years from now, the current pharmacy model with PBM in charge will not survive. And so my goal is to make pharmacies survive what they're going through and show there's a better way for pharmacists to practice. And it's absolutely the most freeing experience I've had in my pharmacy career so it's rewarding i couldn't hear you sorry it's reward it's rewarding too huh absolutely i we have changed so many every day there's a patient story i could tell you i mean i love it and and when you were working in traditional pharmacy how many patients thanked you or you know sent you an email or or whatever over a 20-year period thankfully 
it's small town. And when I started at that, that the yeah. pharmacy I originally was at, it was small and we had grown it to, you know, massive over the last 20 years. So there was some patients that really, when they came in, they sought me out and they were very appreciative. But if you're stuck in a big city, I understand you're just not going to get that. You're just going to go in, check scripts and go home and sleep. And then you're going to get up and do an over. You're just not going to get that patient interaction that you get in a small town. But now I've taken it to the 10th degree because I get to help every single one. So that there was that little satisfaction there, but now it's awesome satisfaction to help. Yeah. And and, and back, I want to back up on Mark Cuban because he's been in the news a lot lately for oh, basically owning, owning a pharmacy. And here's, <laughs> and here's what I got to say about that whole thing is that you, you know, you already said it. Um, first of all, you, we can always get a cheaper product. There's always a way yeah. to get a cheaper product. So like you yes. say, you know, drop it down, drop it down, drop it down. Eventually it can't go down anymore, exactly. but there's yeah. three things in any, in any, in any, um, free market exchange and it's price service and quality. Mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned it. It's, you know, when the price gets so low, you know, it doesn't really, it, it's service and quality that matter. So, yeah. and service is so important and it's hard to get good service anymore. And here's what I challenge yeah. Mark Cuban um, or, or, or anybody that's going to use his specialty compounding pharmacy um, to create mm -hmm. cheap drugs, um, which he really used a loophole in a, in a 503B compounding pharmacy to take advantage of making cheap drugs. And mm -hmm. that was the problem when I think the FDA made that law is that I knew that there was some, it was basically going to create one or two big compounding pharmacies to do that. And, yeah. uh, and basically what big pharma's done. So it's going to be two or three big pharmacists competing, big pharmacies competing for that market and let Mark Cuban do it. But here's what mm -hmm. I got to challenge. Um, I dare a patient to call up Mark Cuban and say, Hey, what's the side effect of this new medication that your pharmacy mm -hmm. made for me? Right. But Absolutely. When you own the pharmacy and I own the pharmacy and we're pharmacists, we're accessible to the patients and, and, you know, we can, we can give them our knowledge and that's worth, that's worth a lot of money. It's, it's absolutely, you can't, you can't do that with mail order. May I, I think if you open one of these pharmacies in every town in America, you are more efficient and more affordable than mail order pharmacy a right off absolutely. the bat. Yeah. I mean, Mark Cuban's pharmacy gives a $3 pharmacist fee, but charges $5 to mail. So right there. The oh, really? That's interesting. It's only worth three bucks, but the, the mailings were five. So, so right there, it shows me that the, the mailing portion is more um, important valuable. than the pharmacist. Yeah, more valuable. Right. Exactly. So Mark Cuban is basically yeah. telling the pharmacists that work for him that the yeah. mailman is more valuable. And I'm, I'm not disrespecting mailman. They're very important. No, no, ab but, absolutely not. No. But he's basically saying to his pharmacists that work for him that the mailman is more important than the pharmacists that work for them. So their six years of school means nothing. Absolutely. So, right? and, and you said accessory to the crime. And it's like, we've allowed this to happen to our yep. profession. When I saw the $4 generic plan at Walmart, I that was the first slippery slope. And then to watch the PDMs reimburse the 60 cents for a prescription we have we've been reduced to just pill counters and you know at the previous pharmacy i didn't even count pills that wasn't even that that's done away with you know so it's they we've just been reduced to one the final check that's that's what we're reduced to is the final check and it might be worth a dollar and that's that's embarrassing 
as a part of it. It, 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 is, it is. But you know, right. But you know what, Sam? You got out of it, and kudos to you for doing that. Absolutely. You're no longer assessing the crime. Pharmacists that are doing that. If any pharmacists are listening or 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 um, watching, you do not have to do it. And yes, you're an accessory to the crime if you were doing it. And there are yeah. is there is a better way to do it. It's much more rewarding, and um, you will be liberated. Believe me. Just listen to what Sam has been saying for the last half hour. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's amazing that you can open a pharmacy with maybe a ten or twelve thousand dollar inventory and maybe three four hundred square foot. I mean, the, the footprint is small and you can have a nice little front end and, and you can take care. I mean, most of our patients have insurance and they choose to use us because of the quality of the service. Right. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So, Sam, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or has questions for you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, several ways. We are on Facebook, on Instagram. It's Beargrass Gift and Drug. Um, we're also um, BeargrassGiftAndDrug.com. And then you can email us at info at beargrassgiftanddrug.com or give me a phone call here. Our number is 406-897-2613 and we would love to answer any question and help out you in your uh, pharmacy adventure because it is definitely an adventure out there trying to navigate the pharmacy world with prescriptions today. Well, I, I love it, Sam. Welcome to the world of free market um, pharmacy. And I'm just so glad that you're on our podcast today to share this story because I'm I'm hoping that we are we are starting. It's not really a new movement, um, but I'm just yeah. hoping that this is the beginning of many, many more that realize that the insurance part of pharmacy is a racket and there's a better way to do it. So thank you for stepping out. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm glad I came across your podcast. I think the first one I saw was Haley Miller out of Missoula, and uh, it just sparked a fire that's unstoppable now. We're, that's we're that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, that's good to hear. So, and you have I sent you a copy of my book too. You, uh, um, I think you found my book online too because you were talking to a mutual friend pharmacist uh, that yeah. you read my book, correct? Yeah. Yes, so, and then I passed it on already to another friend that is type one diabetic, and uh, and I'm I, I'm taking her step five to the healthcare solution. You know, is is providers need to get out there and have a cash based model and yep. taking it to heart and pushing it forward. Awesome. And then we'll be hopefully joining you in the next so oh, six months in the compounding world. So we're gonna awesome. bring in compounding efforts for a I love it. We're, we're excited. So we usually make a couple annual trips to to Montana in the summer to go mountain biking. So I'll, we'll definitely have to stop by into your pharmacy, and I'd love nice. to see it. Awesome. And we would love to see you, too. So stop in and say hi. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham today. Thank you, Sam. And tomorrow we have a special, special podcast, uh, kind of last minute, special guest, Dr. Scott Jensen, he's been on our podcast a couple of times. He's a uh, he's been on Fox News over the last couple of years on the Laura Ingram show, um, you know, discussing COVID and medical freedom or lack thereof with the lockdowns and the mask and vaccine mandates. He is running for governor of Minnesota, and he is going to be on our podcast tomorrow. Special show just for him at 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, he's going to give us a half hour of his very busy day. So I'm super excited to have him on. So tune in tomorrow. Uh, a rare Friday podcast, a 1.30 
uh, Pacific Standard Time to watch Dr. Scott Jensen and talk about medical freedom in Minnesota and how he's going to do that through being governor. So tune into that tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham.